0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message.
1: Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and we're so glad that you've joined us. And the we is me, Maxine, Denise, and Joel. Welcome back to Home
0: Group. Well, thank you very much. I had a little break, and I'm very glad to be back with you. And my friends, thank you for being with us. We love to study the Bible together, and today... We're going to have a really good time. We are because tonight, Denise is going to be
1: leading home group. But I want to remind you that right now we're offering you our series, which is called 10 Powerful Women. But if you want to really learn about 10 very powerful women and don't think this series is just about women, it's good for anybody. There's principles in every one of these programs that are for men and for women. And in this series, we talk about Eve, Noah's wife, Sarah, Jezebel, Bathsheba, Tonight in Home Group, we're going to talk about Esther, and Denise is going to lead us. But this is 10 parts. You can order yours by going online or giving us a call, and it comes with a free study guide. If you don't order the series, just go get the study guide. It's free. All you have to do is go to the store at renner.org, and you can download it right now. And this week, we're also offering you, for the first time ever in our ministry, the book called All the Women of the Bible. More than 400 women are profiled. Wow. In this amazing book. I mean, it is quite a resource. You need to order yours. And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. And we're waiting for our phone to ring so you can tell us how to pray. Or if your email to show up in our inbox and home group, thanks for being with us. We just love being together with you. We look forward to sitting right here on this set. We imagine you being right with us. We can almost see you right through the television. And tonight, We're going to talk about the next powerful woman, and that is Esther. Denise, by the way, you look real pretty in your spotted top.
2: Thank you, Rick. I really like this top.
1: Well, I know you like spots. Well,
2: (laughs) yes. Home group, welcome. We're so excited to be with you. I can just see you sitting there with your cup of coffee or your tea and your Bible, and we are so glad to be with you, and thank you for your time. Well... First of all, I want to offer my book, Who Stole Cinderella, to all of you ladies that are uh, interested in becoming a strong woman, because in this book, I talk about how how God has made women to be strong and to build up their houses. It's a great book for somebody you might know that's getting married, or maybe somebody who's having marriage problems, because I've taught these classes, it's a class, uh, I've taught it for over ten years, and I've seen divorces stopped. It's just powerful because I mean,
1: it, it, it's not even for people with problems. This is a good book.
2: It, it really is a lot about forgiving and power of that, and and not judging and and changing yourself. All the lovely things we all love to do. <laughs> so, so anyway, I invite you I'm to purchase this book because I'm very vulnerable in it. And, and, um, I think it'll be a blessing to you.
1: Well, tonight we're going to talk about Esther, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Sister Renner.
2: All right. Lead us. Okay. Well, I'm going to be reading a lot from my notes, but, um, Esther, she's quite an interesting woman. And of course, you know, it's a book in the, in the old Testament and, um, Esther You know, if you were choosing a person to save a nation, you probably wouldn't choose a girl in a beauty contest. But that's who God chose. And I just love that, Rick, because we in our preconceived ideas, we think who is the best. But God said, this girl that's going to win a beauty contest she's the best. She's the one that I want to use to save a nation. So I think we can all be used by God. If God can use a a girl in a beauty contest, he can definitely use us. So what happened was she was raised as an orphan uh, by her uncle Mordecai and uh, in coming to this beauty contest she lost so much. She lost her nation, she lost, uh, she lost her identity, she lost her name, she lost her family. Why
1: did she lose it all?
2: Well because she had to take on a Persian identity to go into that beauty contest. Okay and uh she was jewish and she lost um she lost her culture you know we would say she was like in captivity this isn't a blessing to be in this uh contest it's more like being in captivity because she lost everything um but but she went into this beauty contest and uh the king he chose her and the Bible says that he loved her and that he even created a day called the Feast of Esther and that he still celebrate this day in in Israel today. And on that day, they, he called it this Feast of Esther. And on that day, they give gifts to one another. Well, she was happy being a queen, I'm sure, and all of her authority and her crown but uh, something really happened that turned things for her. And
1: you mean turn things bad?
2: Bad. And um, the king chose a man by the name of Haman. And he was a very wicked man. And he got close to the king.
1: Why did he choose him to do what?
2: To help him exercise in all the kingly. Responsibilities that okay. he had, okay. and uh, but he was elevated to a high position, so that he had the king's ear. And so one day, uh, Haman was walking down the street, and he expected everybody to bow before him. But Mordecai, Esther's uncle, she refused to bow before him. Mordecai did. Yes. And when that happened, Haman got so angry, he's so filled with himself, that he said, I want all the Jewish nation to be killed and eliminated. So he had this place close to the king, uh, so he used it to speak into the king's ear and make a deal with the king to kill all the Jews. Well... Mordecai comes to Esther and he asks Esther uh, to help. But the king has not called Esther in 30 days. And she says to Mordecai, "Uh, I can't just go into the king's presence because if you're not invited into his presence and he doesn't hold out his golden scepter then it's immediate death for you. And, but she makes an amazing statement. And that's why I call her the queen that surrendered. Because she, this is her main identity that we receive from her is that she surrendered. And she said a very amazing thing in Esther chapter four, verse 16. And it says, if I perish, I perish and surrender such a powerful thing to happen in our hearts because it's our decision to choose from something to something else and for her she was choosing to risk her life
1: honey I'm just thinking that she had to surrender multiple times I mean when she was chosen to be in that contest she had to surrender she had to surrender her identity, her culture, her language, she had to surrender everything. And you know, everything is a test. That first surrender was probably a test to prepare her for the next surrender.
2: That's true. We
1: have to pass every test along the way. But boy, this was the big one.
2: Oh, this was this was the big one. And um but i just wanted I just want to say something about people who surrender. Because we might not remember like their, what they did or how, how powerful they were. And, but people who surrender, like for her surrendering, she was risking her life, but she didn't know what was on the other side of her surrender.
1: That's always true, isn't it?
2: It's always true. On the other side of her surrender was a nation.
1: Honey, that makes me think of our story. Because we had to surrender to move here. And we didn't understand what was on the other side. There's always something mighty after surrender.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, for Esther, um, it was probably very comfortable to be a queen, to wear a crown, to have authority, to wear beautiful clothes, to be pampered all the time. But She was willing to give all that up and embrace risking her life. And it's amazing that God used her in this eternal plan to save the Jews. Esther's, Esther's such an example for, I think, for all women and little girls. We all love that book. But we don't remember her for her beauty or for what, you know, all the beautiful clothes that she had or the authority that she had. We remember her because she's a surrendered life. And that in her surrender, she gained a nation. And I just want to say that's true beauty.
0: And by surrender, you're really talking about obedience. Yeah. She obeyed the call of God or... The challenge that came up against her, she she faced it by surrendering to God's will.
2: Yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. But, Joel, she didn't know what was on the other side of that. And, And sometimes it's, I know for myself, we like to hang on to the familiar. We like to hang on to the comfortable. But if we just hang on to what's comfortable... We're going to miss what God had for us. I, I mean, I remember my own life many, many years ago. I was totally out of God's will. I went to the wrong college. I didn't want to go to the college that God told me to go to. And so I went to my own choice of college. I was absolutely... Completely miserable at that school. I cried myself to sleep almost every night. And, uh, and I, I received more money for my senior year. And God was telling me to go to this other school. But I was like fighting him. And um, He, this is what he said to me. One day I heard his voice. And he said, you can stay here and I'll bless you, but you'll never know what it was I wanted to show you.
3: Hmm.
2: It makes me think of Psalm 139, Rick, where, where he says he hedges us in before and behind. And I see his hedging in power, but what was he hedging me in for? surrender. He wanted me to surrender my comfortableness at that school. I was singing. I was singing in churches all over and all that to take a hold of something that was totally unfamiliar to me. Maybe God's speaking to you about that. He's wanting you to take a step that to let go of something so that you can take a hold of something else, something greater. I want us to look at uh, Philippians chapter 3, and it's a familiar verse, but it's one of my favorites. It's even on my telephone, and it's verse 12 and 13. And it says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, But I press on that I may lay a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. Do you see the purpose of God there? He grabbed a hold of us, but it takes our surrender to take a hold of what it is that he wants to give us. And look at the next verse. Brethren. I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before us. We're always going to be in this place of surrender and saying yes to God. Always. But many saints have gone before us and left what was comfortable and grabbed a hold of what was unfamiliar and uncomfortable. I mean, I think about Hannah. She she wanted a son so bad. Finally, she said, God, if you'll just give me a son, I'll give him to you. Well, she got her son, but she had to give him away. Now, God blessed her. He gave her uh, he gave her five other children. Look at Abraham. Abraham had his son. He had the son of his own body and Sarah. It was the dream of his life and her life. And then God says, I want you to sacrifice your son. Talk about pressing forward to do something that's uncomfortable. But when he gave up his own son, God said, now I know. Now I know you love me more. And God, you know what God did with Abraham. He blessed Abraham all of his life. And he's called the father of faith. He's an example to us. Abraham probably didn't know when he was sacrificing his son that it was going to be an example for thousands of years to you and to me. So behind our sacrifice, even though You know, when you say sacrifice, it has tones of death. Even behind our sacrifice, there's a resurrection. And I just want to say God has more for us if we'll surrender and take a hold of what it is He wants to give us.
1: But how does this relate to Esther?
2: Because she was a queen who surrendered.
1: It's powerful. And Denise, what happened eventually with Haman?
2: I actually think his story is hilarious because what he wanted to happen for Mordecai, he commanded that there be a scaffolding scaffolding where he could hang Mordecai. He planned the scaffolding for Mordecai. But what happened was the scaffolding ended up being for Haman.
0: What I like about that story a lot, I think it's kind of fun. Is uh, how Haman saved the king's life. Yes. And.
2: Uh, no, not Haman. I'm Mordecai. sorry. Mordecai
0: saved the king's life, and the king found out about it, and he asked Haman, What would you do for someone who saved your life? <laughs> and Haman was too. thinking about himself. <laughs> oh, I would put him on a horse, and I would give him clothes, and I would. Give him a ring. I would give yep. him a ring. I would tell the whole city to say thank <laughs> you. And, and the king was like, Yeah, that's a great idea. I, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I want you. To do this for me, go, go, go! Do that for this person who saved my life, Mordecai, Mordecai. who he hated. (laughs) His name's Mordecai, and Haman probably thought, "What? That's the guy who didn't bow down to me. That's the guy I'm trying to hang." But he had to follow the king's yes, uh, king king's order, and it happened. I think that's just the funniest.
3: I think it's funny. Like when the Bible
0: says, "You'll roll," uh, you know, people roll up a stone. And he'll fall back on them. Or if
1: you dig a ditch, you'll fall
0: in. Yeah. I think that's the perfect example. Oh, absolutely, Joel. It's so funny. But Esther, she saved a nation. She
2: saved a nation. One person
0: can make a
3: huge difference. Mm. And Esther is a good example of that. Okay. Wow. Maxine? May I say something? Yeah. When I think of the story, I think of the importance of the people that write. How important it is that there are people who write everything. Because how did the king find out are, or how was he reminded yeah. about Mordecai. Mm, that's right. One day he could not go to bed, he could not fall asleep and yeah. he said, bring me the books and the books were written by the people that write. So like Pastor Rick writes and it's so important that we appreciate the people that write. We need to write things down and it's so interesting. Uh, there's a story in the Bible when uh, one of the enemies of the, of Israel were about to attack Israel, the king of that enemy army he said hunt for the scribes hunt for them that king wanted the scribes to be killed because he knew that what what can those people that write do they can pull out their notes and they can start telling how God was saving God's people in the past that's the power of the people that write they can remind the people how faithful God was And that's what happened to to Mordecai. He was saved because of the people that write. So thank you, Pastor Rick, for for writing. We need to appreciate those who write more. Well, that's Interesting. interesting.
1: Well, Denise, it, thanks for leading us tonight.
2: Well, you're welcome. And I want to say uh, God's plan's amazing because this is such a situation. How How is this nation going to be saved? Because it's, the plan was already in place that all the Jews were to be killed. And um, God did one thing. He took away the sleep from that king. And I just want to say God can do anything. In your situation, if you need something to turn around, don't limit God in His creativity in how He can deliver you out of that situation. He delivered that nation because He took away that King's sleep.
1: Well, Lord, we thank You that we could be together tonight. We thank You that You use anybody who will surrender. And we want to be people of surrender. And we thank you that on the other side of surrender, there is something wonderful waiting. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.
0: If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.